Well, this just in. Brain surgeons and rocket scientists are no smarter than the rest of us, colon, study. Uh, headline writers, not any smarter than the rest of us either, apparently. It's a little article in the New York Post, and I think a lot of people are a little bit rocked by that. At least people on the other side of the aisle are a little bit shocked to hear that brain surgeons and rocket scientists are not smarter than everybody else. That doesn't make any sense to them. Uh, and frankly, it didn't used to make any sense to me either. Uh, but... Uh, I wasn't the slightest bit surprised, and you probably aren't either. And this is what I wanted to talk about today because, to me, this is the essence of elitism. And elitism and narcissism combined is the propeller that drives all of this censorship. It's not the rudder, but it's the propeller. It's the sense that we're smart and they're not. We're the smart people, and those dumb, knuckle-dragging, regular people out there don't know what's good for them. Therefore, we'll control their lives and get all the benefits of that. And it's actually for their own good, which is the little plaster of Paris thing that we put on ourselves so we can feel a little bit better about it. Basically, what the article says is this. They took a look at brain surgeons and rocket scientists and found out that, yes, these people have extraordinarily high levels of intelligence in specific areas. They found that neurosurgeons, for example, have a very high uh, level of intelligence in, um, in, I think, language, strangely enough, and, and not strangely enough, uh, rocket scientists have a very good, highly developed sense of uh, spatial relationships to each other. Just because you're extremely intelligent and well-versed in one area doesn't mean you're well-versed in others. I think the f one of the first things I ever did was talking about people who said, you know, there's a quote of Einstein that says, if you want, uh, how you can't prepare for war and have peace simultaneously, some such drivel like that. And I remember saying on camera several times, why should we listen to Albert Einstein about this? What the hell does Albert Einstein know about politics? Albert Einstein would walk around his house and knock on his own door and ask if the professor was in. And then when he was, he, he, he was so deep into, into figuring out how the universe works you could make a pretty compelling case that Albert Einstein knows less about politics and human interaction than just about any famous person you could mention. You want to ask somebody about politics, you should ask Dwight Eisenhower or George Patton or somebody like that. And, and people can't quite get that. So I would say, would you go to Albert Einstein for, um, for personal grooming advice? You know, in terms of how to look sharp and natty, is that who you would, is that your first choice because he's so smart? No, he's, he's, he's a disheveled wreck. He's a disheveled wreck because his mind is disheveled. His mind is disheveled because everything's in motion. And, and, and having them constantly in motion is how things fit together in different ways for the first time, which is why my desk is such a mess. I'm not trying to compare myself to Einstein. Uh, uh, you know, I, I don't believe in over flattery. Uh, but in any event, you get the idea. Now, one person who understood this dynamic, this sense that just because you're good at one thing doesn't mean you're good at everything else, although you assume you are, is Michael Crichton, who is an actual science writer who actually understands science. And he was talking about this as a result of personal experience. And he, he coined it. He called it the uh, Gell-Mann amnesia effect. And here's basically what he said. Briefly stated, the Gell-Mann amnesia effect is as follows. You open the newspaper to an article on some subject that you know well. You read the article and see that the journalist has absolutely no understanding of either the facts or the issues. Often the article is so wrong, it actually presents the story backward, reversing cause and effect. I call these the wet streets cause rain stories. The papers are full of them. 
In any case, you read with exasperation or amusement the multiple errors in a story and then turn the page to national or international affairs and read the rest of the paper as if it were somehow more accurate about Palestine than the baloney you just read. You turn the page and you forget what you know. We just got a, a strike on our YouTube channel because uh, during our uh, episode on fear-mongering where uh, Zoe Rachel and I talked about uh, the way this uh, COVID pandemic has been handled, we suggested that there might be some inaccuracies in the science, that there might be some actual political agency at work behind all of this. And uh, our, our channel was blocked for a week because I was presenting false information. Now, I've often wanted to have a conversation with the people that make these decisions. And I know that they're probably 20 years old with a nose ring and purple hair and, and, and couldn't tell you who fought in World War II or on what side. But I've often wanted to have this conversation because I want to ask them, okay, so you're, you're pulling me down for, uh, for promoting false information. Yes. How do you know the information's false? I mean, you've, anything contrary to the view that you're espousing, you've removed. So you can't say that, that you've weighed the evidence on these two sides of the argument and decided that one is false and the other isn't. I don't think you have any right to censor information based on whether you think it's true or not. But in any event, put that aside for a minute. How do you know that it's false? Well, it's false because the government says it's false. Okay, so we'll just take this argument a step further. So you believe the government always tells you the truth? Yes, that's what the government does. They do science. Has a government ever in history lied to its own people and ever caused its own people damage? I know you're not big on history. Uh, and stuff since you got a degree in study studies, but the Nazis and Adolf Hitler, for example. Has it ever happened that a government has lied to people? Yes. Can we agree? Yes. Okay. So how do you know they're not lying now? And that's when they just that's when they go into vapor lock. Of all the things I see out there today, the one thing that makes me incandescent with rage is going to something like a Reddit forum and listening to all these people say, all oh, these idiots don't understand science, and these Trump voters, they're just a bunch of idiots, they don't understand science, they don't know anything about science. I believe in science, 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 science. I saw one yesterday, big sign, Cedar Sinai. We believe in the vaccine because we believe in science. Okay. Okay. Then it should be pretty simple for you big brain scientists to shoot down some of these arguments. should be something you could just disassemble immediately, but you don't. You don't. You squash them. And when you squash them, that tells me that you squash them because you can't beat them. I have never, ever tried to silence anybody about anything because if I find somebody who I disagree with pretty strongly on an issue I happen to know, I'll just defeat them. I'll defeat their argument. And if I can't defeat their argument, I'll change my mind, see how it works. There's only one thing, really, that's a cure for this syndrome, this elitism, this, this, this intellectualism, this desire of people with, with you know, 80-watt IQs to, to look bright and sound bright by repeating what everybody else is saying and by saying things like, I believe in science. Really? What's an allele? A what? I don't know allele. I know. I, I guess not. Is she somebody who's in science? Yeah, she's a, she's a, she's a, a scientist, Dr. Allele. What is a genome? What's the difference between a virus and a bacteria? Not a clue. But they believe in science, you see. And, and there's only one cure for this. And the only cure for this is humility. And uh, I had some humility beaten into me over the course of 30 years of my life. And I'm very, very grateful for it. It's the best thing that ever happened to me. And I had to pass a test like this. Not a written test, a moral test. So let me tell you about this moral test that I, that I passed. 
almost 15 years ago, 13 years ago. When I first started doing public speaking, this might have been my third or fourth event, I was very, very new at it. And I went to some event someplace out in the middle of America. And I was asked a question afterwards. And the guy who came up to ask the question reminded me exactly of junior samples from Hee Haw. He had the, had the overalls on, you know, and flannel shirt, big guy. And, and as he came up to the microphone, you got to understand I'm coming out of 25, 30 years of living in Hollywood surrounded by these paper-thin idiots who, who look sharp. As he's walking up to the microphone, I remember this clear as day thinking, oh, so this is my audience, huh? This, you know, why can't I get the cool audience? Why can't I get the, the you know, the, the groovy, you know, swinging with it, young, hip, awesome, cool audience? Why, why do I have to get stuck with, uh, with Farmer Hayseed here? And the second that that thought had finished clearing my head, some hurricane of rage followed it. It's all going on in my mind as usual, hearing voices and things like that. Immediately, I immediately began to chastise myself for this attitude. And as he's still walking up to the microphone, I'm telling myself, this man knows hundreds of things better than I do. And he probably knows two or three things as well as anybody in the world. This thought just came to me out of nowhere, but it was so clear and so strong, and I was so angry at myself for having the arrogance to just judge this person based on, on some cartoon image that I had of something. And I remember thinking to myself, I wonder if I sat down with him, how many things I would learn from this guy that I've just completely written off because of the way he, because of the way he dresses, you know? And, and that to me was like that moment in Lord of the Rings, you know, where they give uh, Galadriel the ring and I'm filled with power. I can, I can do anything. I am a mortal. No. No, 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 no. Here, have it back. That's exactly what it felt like to me. It was an instant of, of, of just vanity and egoism and, uh, and elitism and condescension and all of it. How dare I, a person of my intellectual quality, be wasting my time in front of these hayseeds and rubes? That's not exactly what I was saying. That's kind of the edges of what I was thinking. And instantly... I just started whacking myself on the on the head with a with a baseball bat over that, and I still do it too every day. I don't still do the thing about about the audience that cured me right there. I don't want to go through that again. I don't want to go through what I did to myself again. One time was enough for me, but that sense of am I wrong? How do I know? I go through this every day, and and this is what humility brings you. It brings you a chance to actually learn something new by unlocking the doors of your own absolute arrogance and certainty. And this is the thing about this COVID thing and global warming and all the rest of it. Not that they're wrong, although I think they are wrong, but, but, but because they simply state that they're right, they cannot defend why they're right. And when you question them why they're right and why, why they can't defend their position, they shut you down. And that, to me, is a sign that they lose. That's what losers do. They walk away from an argument. That's what losers do. They take their football and go home. So here we are a week without YouTube. I don't care, really. I don't care. Uh, I know these, these messages get out there. And since this one's uh, going to be on Rumble only, I'll post it probably later on YouTube, although who knows. Uh, I, I just don't care anymore. I'm, I'm not. I'm just tired of, of being careful with all this stuff. But basically, just this episode, I wanted to say thank you uh, to the members who continue to support the work that we do here, because 
It is a world that is filled with, with this kind of arrogance, this kind of evil, narcissistic vanity that allows many of the people out there, in fact, virtually all of them, who are controlling our lives to think that they know how to live our lives better than we do. That's just wrong. It's not true. 